Part Ten of Washington and the Riddle of Peace by H. G. Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Security: The New and Beautiful Catchword. Washington, November twenty. The new and really quite beautiful catchword that dominates the Washington Conference is security. The word was produced originally, I believe, in France. France wants nothing in the world now but security. She had abandoned all dreams of conquest or glory, all aggressive economic intentions. She is the white lamb of international affairs, washed and redeemed by the great war. Only she must be secure. Great Britain and Japan are in complete unison with France on this subject. Great Britain asks for nothing but a predominant fleet and naval arsenals in perfect going order. Mr. Balfour's eloquent speech at the second session of the conference made the necessity of this for security incontrovertible. Japan wants East Siberia, the special control of raw material in Manchuria, a grip upon China, because she is driven by the same passionate craving for peace and rest. We have had this explained to us very clearly here in Washington by representative Japanese. All these powers will accept every proposal Secretary Hughes makes, or is prepared to make, eloquently and sincerely, in principle. They then proceed to state their minimum requirements for that feeling of security which is the goal of all peoples at the present time. When these requirements have been stated, it becomes plain that these states are not to be so much disarmed as stripped for action with highly efficient instead of unwieldy and overwhelmingly expensive equipment. They do not so much propose to give up war as to bring it back by a gentlemanly agreement within the restricted possibilities of their austere bankruptcy. The French conception of security is particularly attractive. France stipulates, I gather, for a dominant army upon the continent of Europe, for a Germany retained permanently by agreement among the powers at the extremest pitch of wretchedness and feebleness, for an outcast Russia, or a series of alliances by which such countries as Poland will be militarized in the French interest rather than industrialized in their own. And France, in further pursuit of the idea of perfect peace, for France, is training great masses of barbaric Senegalese for war, with the view of using them to police white populations and sustain their millennium in Europe. They can have no other use now. If they return to Africa, these trained soldiers will accumulate as a new and interesting element in African life, until some black Napoleon arises to demand security for Africa. At present, France displays an astonishing confidence in the British, but no doubt, if her amazing peasants and her wonderful soil presently lead to partial recuperation, she will realize the need of bringing her now-neglected fleet up to security standards also. And it is axiomatic among the experts that no power with a coastline is really secure unless it has a fleet, at least the double of any other fleet that can possibly operate upon that coast. These statements are not the facetious inventions of an irresponsible writer. They are fair samples of the sort of thing that the various deputations have brought with them to Washington. These are the things we talk of, and are gradually talking out of sight. 
and if the Washington Conference served no other purpose at all in the world, it would have been quite worthwhile, in order to get together all these totally incomparable conceptions of security, and by that approximation to demonstrate their utter absurdity. Along the lines of either unregulated or regulated armament, there can be no security for any race or people. The only security for a modern state now is a binding and mutually satisfactory alliance with the power or powers that might otherwise attack. The only real security for France against a German revenge is a generous and complete understanding between the French and German republics, so that they will have a mutual interest in each other's prosperity. Germany is naturally a rather bigger country than France, and nothing on earth can alter that. Other powers, or all the powers, may come into such a treaty as guarantors, but the essential thing for peace between France and Germany is peace made good and clear between them, a cessation of mutual injuries and hostile preparations. The only effectual security for the communications of the British Empire is the recognition by all mankind that this great system of English-speaking states round and about the world is a good thing for all mankind, and a resolute effort of these states to keep to that level. There is no other real security. This is not lofty idealism, it is common sense, and the idea of security by armament and by the enfeeblement of possible rivals is not a practical recognition of present limitations, but a feeble surrender to entirely vicious tendencies of the human mind. I believe that for a little while yet Washington will continue its researches into the meaning of armed security and that then it will turn its attention to the alternative idea with which the nimble French mind has also been playing, and that is security by treaty. The French have been disposed in the past to welcome an Anglo-American French treaty to guarantee France against attack. The idea in that form is dead, but the possibility of a far more comprehensive agreement a loose-fitting but effectual association of all the nations of the world to keep the peace and arrange their differences by conference is bound to recur again as the impossibility of disarmament without settlement becomes increasingly apparent there drifts into my memory here a curious feast of security which occurred long ago in some eastern equivalent of versailles the great Abbasid family had suffered many things from the Omayyad caliphs, and at last it rose against them, and overcame them and secured the leadership of Islam. The remnants of the Omayyad clan were summoned to witness and celebrate the new peace. But some of the Abbasids, inspired by quite modern ideas of security, had all the Omayyads massacred before the banquet began. A beautiful carpet was spread over the dead and dying, and the Abbasids feasted thereon. Here was security to satisfy the most exacting modern European ideals. Yet the Abbasids made little of their security. They never rose to the glory of the Omayyads. The drive and strength seemed to have gone out of Arab Islam. Their history, for all this security, is one of division, decline, decay. It takes all men to make a world. Let us get through with this futile haggling for national advantages and securities, and let us get on to the organization of that brotherhood which can alone save the world.
End of part 10